Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mister. Uh, I am Mr. Pierre, and I am joined by Mr. Dawson, a.k.a. the greatest teacher of all time. Really happy that you are here, sir. Yeah, man. Thanks. I appreciate being here. Invited. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, I have been watching you for a little bit um, through your own podcast, the episodes that have pop up on YouTube, as well as seeing a little clip. It's on IG and TikTok and really have been looking forward to this conversation to be able to talk to another two percenter, a man black man who uh, is in front of kiddos. Um, how exactly did you get into education? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Oh man, definitely not. <laughs> so yeah, um, I was that kid in school who didn't do any homework or really anything like that. Um, but yeah, I was able to turn it around and get into Morehouse College in Georgia. And there I studied physics, <laughs> which is like a huge turn for like someone who started by not doing any type of work but now doing physics work right <laughs> so yeah um with physics at school of course they encourage you to do like the research route and in, uh, industry and all that so I did do some of that I interned at uh, Colorado State University where I was literally working on a giant laser all summer like trying to fix it and get it to work which was really cool uh the summer after that I was working for JPL um, NASA's robotics branch and there I was studying radar data from Cassini, looking at Titan, one of Saturn's moons. And all that stuff was really cool. Like, I really liked it. But at the end of the day, it was just a desk job. You know, I was sitting at a computer doing the numbers and everything like that. And yeah, it was cool, but I couldn't see myself doing it forever. So one year, just looking for internships, summer programs and stuff, I found this one where I would be student teaching eighth grade math. And I did it and I learned more about like the education system and the inequalities and everything that go into it and was like, I need to be in this type of industry, this environment. And that's how it started. <laughs> and yeah. how many years ago was that? Um, oh man, so that was six years ago? Yeah, yeah. And what would you say has been the thing that has kept you in the work? Because for anyone who is doing it, they know that and I'm sure you've seen it too. There are teachers who come in very zealous year one and by year two or year three, it's just like they dip out because they can't sustain. What's helped you to sustain to be in this work? Yeah, so about that whole dipping out thing, right? So <laughs> I came yeah. in super high energy, uh, six years in, I still have that super high energy, but it's also me realizing how some teachers are, are, how some schools are, how some school programs are, and that I think I would be more effective channeling that energy to something else in the education system and not in the classroom anymore. Okay. So yeah, this year was actually my last year of teaching a homeschool physics class, a little different from the regular school system. But yeah, now I'm going to be working with teachers, um, coaching them, and also developing youth programs for an organization. So you're saying something, you're touching on something that's super, I think, um, good to say that the quiet part out loud you can have an effect you can uh cause change and that doesn't have to necessarily be in the classroom you can be classroom adjacent um there are folks who become ap's vice principals assistant principals those who become principals superintendent etc cetera, etc cetera. and you're going a route of what is the the route that you were saying that you're now going to be transitioning into next year yeah, so um, I'm an instructional coach for teachers uh, virtually through an organization or through a program. Uh, so yeah, 
teachers film themselves teaching and they send the videos to me and I basically like coach them through it, tell them things that can improve, things that can enhance, different things like that. And also leading the youth programs for an organization in uh, Atlanta, like a neighborhood outreach program, where we have a program um, through the Young People's Project, where we teach high school and college students how to teach math to other middle school and high school students to get that peer-to-peer thing going. And yeah, just other things like that. Awesome, awesome. And what is, because from what I've heard is like you enjoy thoroughly being in the classroom. What are those experiences or what causes you to then say, all right, I was on this path and let me change the degrees a little bit so that I'm now creating this new path or going on to a different path? Man, so yeah. I've heard this exact same thing a lot through the greatest teacher of all time, but I just, I kind of just got tapped to it. You know, like I didn't exactly go looking for it, but again, it was through some people I know who like saw the potential in me and was like, Quincy, you would be really beneficial doing this. So I was um, training teachers while I was teaching in the classroom for maybe the last three years, four years. And yeah, that just made me like it even more. Just being able to do both was really great, having that classroom experience and the teacher experience. But now just, again, seeing, hey, man, you could be a little more effective, focusing more of your energy on this. And was it, and you're saying that it was, some, did someone else see that in you? Or was that something that you recognized in yourself? and like, all right, let me do this as well. Yeah, so, yeah, it's funny. I think I've always had, like, the drive to like always want to do more, but not always knowing what exactly that more would be. So yeah, it definitely was people in my life pushing me towards those directions. And were you always open? Were you always open to receiving that feedback or receiving that information? Yeah, actually super open, maybe even too open. (laughs) Right. So like even last semester, I think I was juggling like four or five different jobs in education training teachers working on curriculum different things like that and just knowing like I need to do more these people are pushing me to do more but also realizing now in this year that okay I gotta cut back on a few things we usually get tapped to do 17 different things (laughs) yeah and I think I think that's part of it too right like being a teacher in the classroom you're used to doing a million things like it's nothing to me (laughs) right but it is just again putting a little more thought and being more mindful about, okay, what exactly am I putting this effort into? Yeah, because hearing you or listening to you, like to anyone who's hearing this, as a teacher, yeah, you wear 14,000 different hats. That's true. However, that is not sustainable if you're going to be a teacher for a long time. And if you want, if you want to keep that joy that I Obviously, if anyone's listening to this, you can hear it in Quincy's voice. (laughs) The man is excited about what he does, loves what he does, which is great. That's what we need. We need folks who are happily doing the job as opposed to, which I'm sure you've seen it as well, like curmudgeonly doing the job. Um, And if you you don't understand on how to like balance that, which I'm sure since 2020, that word balance, work-life balance has been thrown around a lot. And I'm happy that it is to know like, look, to keep that joy, <laughs> you got to know, like, when to pull back, when to say, like, I'm going to step to the side, what I can or cannot do. Um, if you were to speak to your your younger self, what would be some words that you would say to that younger Quincy, Mr. Dawson, and be like, hey, just keep this in mind. And, of course, you knowing you, 
how to say his word to Berlin correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the harsh ways to talk to myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I guess it'd just be like, keep going. Like, don't stop. Like, I think everything I've done has been for a really productive reason. Like everything I've done and gone through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, I don't think I would tell young Quincy to change anything. I guess maybe just take in the experiences more, mm. right? Like really try to, like when I said I was juggling like five jobs uh, last year, I think I was taking like some key learning experiences from each of those using it and using it for what I want to do moving forward. Okay. So really just pay attention to those little key things. So correct me if I'm wrong. What I'm hearing is there's this intentionality to each of the th- tasks that you're taking on. So if you're taking on a responsibility, like, hey, why am I doing this? And what can I, how can I glean or obtain certain things from this task in order to better help and serve kiddos? Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I think now I'm being more cognizant of that, right? Before it was any job in education, curriculum, training, coaching, anything like that, I would just take it, Yeah. right? But now it's saying, okay, what did I learn from that coaching thing? Okay, I can use that for this. What did I learn from this um, math curriculum thing I wrote? Okay, I can use this for this next thing going forward, right? Just those little types of things. Cool, cool. So to any teacher who's, who's listening, it's okay to say yes, but just be mindful and be present. Like as you're doing X, Y, Z, start to mine sort of those coals so that they can become diamonds later on. Right, right, yeah. And really seeing that, that's the metaphor, right? The coal can be valuable. You may not know its value right now, but it can be. (laughs) Because I think about the first year that I taught was also in Georgia. Um, And I tell those kiddos always like, I'm sorry, because I too, I earned my degree in biology. I was in a lab in front of a microscope. It's like, yeah, you can have the head knowledge, but that pedagogy, the art of teaching, isn't just me like saying, hey, this is this, this is this, and this is the algorithm without like cultivating, like, here's the hook, why you should want to know this. Here's me having my my dialogue, like, how would I approach this? What do I, all of that, um, that art of teaching is something that not a lot of people know how to do. And even if you read it in theory, practice is something different too, because there's always that one kid of like, I'm gonna throw a wrench in your plans, mister. We're gonna see if you're on your toes. <laughs> and being able to, to manage that and know like, hey, if the lesson didn't work well, Cole, how can I learn from that experience to be able to better the next lesson, Diamond? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Learning from those experiences and moving forward with it. That's perfect. Cool. cool. I'm also thinking of coaches that I've had, excellent coaches who have been now thinking about the adults who I've had the interactions with. Like, what has been the greatest, I guess, joy for you as a person who is helping, as a teacher, helping teachers to become better teachers? I think it's that part, right? Watching them become these better teachers. Because I guess from my experience, I don't, I have not had a bad teacher, Mm. right? I've had a lot of teachers with some really good qualities. But for me as a coach, I'm just enhancing those qualities that they already have right? Like, hey, that little thing you did for that, what, quick two minutes in class, keep doing that. Like, that's really valuable. That's really important. I like highlighting those things. 
I had a conversation with another person. He is a full-time sub. Um, and I happened to see him doing a couple of things and did the same thing. And what I'm hearing you say is like, allow the person who's teaching or validate the person who's teaching. Like specifically like seeing like, I see this thing that you did. Did you see it? Do you know that she's sorry? Do you, are you fully aware? And if they're not, to like, just bring that up a little bit to you. Like, here's that wonderful, when we talk about cream in the crop, cream, like bring it up and show them, like you did this thing, don't stop doing this thing. Keep doing this thing so that they know, because it, it's not easy. When we're running the marathon of the academic year, you can really get like bogged down of like all the things you didn't do and not realize like, if you've made it to May and you see the finish line, that is fantastic because not a lot of people we, I'm sure we've seen plenty of people who start off at the beginning of the year and then come that winter break, it's like, where did so-and-so go? Where are they at? And it's like, oh, they weren't able to sustain it. So I'm hearing being able to validate and really accentuate, like, here are these great things that you're, you're doing to keep doing it. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. And it's kind of just like talking to a student or really any person, right? You don't want to bombard them with things. Okay, that was wrong. That was wrong. You got to fix that. But no, nah, man, you got to see the good things about these people, because just like seeing your students as like the full people they are like, OK, I know you had basketball practice yesterday. Let's try this now. Right. Yeah. You know, your teacher was going through this, this and this, seeing everything in the news like you get it. So you don't want to try to make them feel worse. Like that's not helping anybody. <laughs> you, you got the wherewithal to, to, to understand that, because not everyone, sadly, not everyone does. Um, yeah, not everyone is aware of like <laughs> your teacher is a human being who's going through it and they're gonna need that pick me up every now and again. So that's that's dope to hear that you you recognize it and that's something that you continue to do. So salute to you, sir. I, I, <laughs> Appreciate I, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you love most about teaching? Oh man, what do I love most about teaching? I think I would say it's, I really think it's the creative side, really. And just like knowing my experiences in schools, being super boring, not wanting to do any work, not wanting to talk to any teacher, right? I get to like see that and try to make it into like a fun class that I would want to be in. Right. I think that's the best part that I liked about it. Maybe kind of selfish, but like, I like having fun with my lessons. <laughs> awesome. No, I, I think that's great. I think that is something that's contagious. Like if the kiddos see that there's a teacher who loves what they're doing, loves the material, that's going to draw them in. They're going to be engaged. And once you got kids engaged, then it's, it's, it's game over. It's, it's, it's a wrap from there. So yeah, that's dope. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> What has been um, something that I guess is bringing you joy at the moment as an educator? Oh man, as an educator, bring me joy. Um, what, today is May 30th? <laughs> so yeah, just a little timestamp. Um, there's not much in the news <laughs> that brings me joy in education right now. Right. Um, I think I could say it's 
it's the the joy that a lot of teachers still have mm. right like it takes a lot to still want to get up and want to do your job to the best of your ability and to want to be there for their students that's that's really inspiring to me like I really like seeing stuff like that that's what's up and you're not lying like the news lately has been depressing um and tragic uh for educators um so you're 100 percent right and to know that there are folks who are still out there yeah who want to do this who are looking forward to doing this their full hearts are in it yeah yeah but also being real about it too right not just putting on a happy face for the sake of it but yeah. just like realizing that your job has this much power yeah and that students really look up to you in that that inspires me yeah we all have that teacher. We all know that teacher. Um, who was that teacher for you? Who really, and you just had a great Kool-Aid smile. Like who, who is that person who puts that smile on your face? Who's like, this was a person who either one, I could see they loved their job or two, they saw me. Cause that's one of the things that as an educator, we have the power to do. Like let kiddos know, like, I see you. Was there someone in your experience that I did just that. Yeah, I, I guess I was smiling because that's all part of my my story and my journey of being an educator. But like, I never had that type of teacher really? who like who like looked after me or tried to care for me. I never felt that connection. Maybe I was just a I don't know reserved teenager who didn't, or maybe rowdy teenager who didn't want those connections. But I never had that. Okay. So like, part of my purpose now in being an educator is that. I wanted to be the teacher that I always needed, right? Because from someone not doing homework or anything like that, like, I don't know, I needed someone to push me, <laughs> but never had anyone for that. So wow. that's what I'm trying to do now, be that for someone else like me. I'm just having a reflective moment. <laughs> and the reason why is because in having these conversations, the realization of this, of um, whatever has happened to me personally. And like on an intellectual level, like I know it's not the same for everyone. However, no, like hearing that you never had that and wanting to ensure that the next group of kiddos has that is part of the reason why I'm still in this work. It's why we do what we do of like, Black boys have been, black and brown kiddos have been traumatized at school for so long that the thought of going back to that place or being now the individual who's going to inflict that is something that's just like, look, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to do that. And to hear you say, I didn't have that. Therefore, I want to ensure that the next generation has that is inspiring. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, it's inspiring. It's, it's great to know like there are individuals like even if this thing didn't happen to me or if this thing did happen to me, I want to make sure that the next generation is, is better off than, than what I am. So to you, sir, thank you very much. Thank you very much for the, the work that you're doing. Wow. No, no, thank you. Oh. no, I was saying thank you. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to turn this to like a Kendrick Lamar therapy session, but like I never... <laughs> I never thought about it being like a traumatic experience and not having someone and then wanting to be. I never thought about it in that light. I always saw it as like a motivation or inspiring for me. But wow, that's that's an interesting way to put it. 
another, I, I won't take credit, another guest who's a principal um, brought that to my attention. Like when I think of school, no, it wasn't the greatest experience. However, I know intellectually, again, I know it could have been worse. And there were some folks who had it worse. And because they had it worse, they're like, look, I don't want to, like the thought of going back to be a teacher, like, no thanks. Like every day that I went there, this was done, this was done, this was done, or the reverse, this wasn't done. I could clearly see that those group of kiddos got the attention, the love, the encouragement, the, you know, you're great, you could do this. And to not get that, then you're like, we know hurt people hurt people. Like when kids lash out, I don't take it personally. I'm like, now nah, you're going to love me by the end of this academic year. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> um, so to hear you say, hey, I didn't get that, but that hasn't affected me in a way of like me then not wanting to ensure that the next group of kids get it is, is, uh, is dope to hear. Um, you were a science person, physics. Um, I was a biology person. <laughs> I know I do a lot of reading, which is why I like to ask folks, like, is there a book or books that you've read or are reading where you're just like, yo, this is just blown my mind um, that everyone else should read or you're like, hey, this is something I think you'd really enjoy. You being the community of folks who are listening. Man, when it comes to science, I admittedly have not read too many publications like that. I read a lot of education books though. Go for it. Like, what, are the, what would be one that you would recommend that you're like, that's a good one? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know, this is the way I like to read, but um, one is called The Art of Coaching. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's about like being an instructional coach and different things like that. Actually, when I was looking for jobs to be an instructional coach, I got turned down by a lot of them. <laughs> but then it was recommended to me like, hey, how about you read this book about how to coach mm -hmm. before you apply? And I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> so yeah, I think that book really helped me. Awesome. Awesome. Um, another one that is called... Um, achieving success in inner city schools and yeah it's by this woman and she's just it's just about her journey in these inner city schools and like what she's learned from each of those stories at them it's like i like things like that i don't know nice. <laughs> who was the author do you know remember the off the top of your head who the author of that book was the second one um i want to say christina christina edwards i think okay yeah christina edwards awesome awesome and then the last question, um, it's a question that I, I enjoy the most because it's to see where folks are at. And you touched on it a little bit too in, in mentioning Kendrick. If, there were, if you were to choose five songs at the moment to create a playlist, the Mr. Dawson playlist, Q's playlist, what would be those five songs? And I've had to open this up because each guest has been like, I can't just choose five songs. It's got to be artists or albums. And so now I've just left it open to like, just it could be more than five, but at least five. What would it? What would be on uh, Mr. Dawson's playlist? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kendrick. Yeah, I mentioned that. I actually just played the album a few minutes ago. Nice. But uh, I'm a big Kanye fan. Okay. <laughs> Kanye West. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, that album, The Life of Pablo, Yeezus, my other okay. favorite by him. Definitely anything by them. Um, Tyler Crater is really cool. I like him. Nice. Rock Hampton, Nicki Minaj, Big Sean. Those are my people i guess that kind of tells my age too huh <laughs> <laughs> which is quite all right quite all right yeah um, yeah because i don't think kids listen to big sean and nikki and stuff like they used to 
No, they're into a couple different things, but that's that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. They gotta, they gotta have their lane as well too. And then the last thing I want to ask you is, also being a, a movie buff, is there a movie that you have seen or one that you are looking forward to seeing? Oh man. Wow, movies. I feel like I do watch a lot of movies. Um, I like Doctor Strange. That was really cool. Um, oh, you had a woman on here who I think she was about to see everything everywhere all at once. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. That was really good. That was really good. Yo. Yo. <laughs> as a person, as a science person, the, and then you also mentioned Doctor Strange, so multiverse. Yep. How much of that do you watch and, and you are using your physics brain to be like, that's actually physically sound. Like the science mm -hmm. is sound there. Like how much of, of those movies do you watch and you're like, oh, I know when they reference, when Tony Stark is referencing blah, 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 blah. You're like, oh yeah, he dropped that correctly, right? <laughs> and I think it's so cool how like movies like that because it's someone's specific job to like at least semi fact check, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Of course it is science fiction. Not everything is going to be exactly true, but like they do put in some things like, oh, wait, I've heard of that. Yep. Wait, yeah, the quantum, yeah, I know that too. Like it, it's weird how like things are real. Like I did not expect any of that to be at least remotely true. <laughs> that that movie at the moment is within my top like five, top 10 easy, like of all time. The, because visually I thought what they did it just looked nice. Whoever was taking care of color grading and when they go through their different dimensions, and I don't want to talk too much about it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. So I'll enter a spoiler alert before we <laughs> go into it too much. I'm just, I thought visually my eyes were like, this is pleasing. I can tell like when you're in one verse versus the other and as she's going back and forth. And then I'm, I keep forgetting his name, but the actor who played the husband, the father, mm -hmm. who was in Goonies in Indiana Jones, I just thought he did such a wonderful job as well too. Like his idea or his like mantra of like the nice and kindness is the thing that he wants to not lose. And that seemed to be true in all the different multiverse versions of him. I was just like, this is, yeah, the heart of the man is just like, oh, it's great to see. <laughs> yeah. And the big thing for me, I think was like the writing and like how the movie was made. Because, like, even for teachers in education, I like watching experts be experts at things, right? Yeah. So yeah. the fact, like, these people from, what is it, A24 is the production studio? The yeah. fact that, like, you can be a part of that production team, just, like, be creative in your element. That's that's great. I love that. Yeah. And as you're saying, it, like, the other thing that, too, that I'm um, realizing or wanting to put words to is just, like, excellence looks effortless however the person who is aware of excellence knows that the, the amount of work and effort it takes in order for something to look easy like you as a coach you know like look to walk into a classroom and to see a teacher do certain moves of like oh she or he is using proximity because they know such and such kiddo if you are <laughs> 10 feet away <laughs> they are more likely to do something or not do something so you're like i'm gonna be nine feet away just so that i'm in your eyesight you also know that look i see you but i'm not gonna get so close that it's obvious that you're the one <laughs> but you're doing all these things 
whether they are intentional because you like you have the years of knowing how to do it or unintentional and someone like a coach like yourself is like are you aware that when you did xyz like this was the effect like when you moved and you got in between these three kiddos or you were in eyesight of these three kiddos like all of a sudden like the noise level drops down just enough for everyone to hear you and then when you moved like that takes intentionality and to watch a, an actor such as him and an actress like Michelle do what they did. And then that new actress who played the daughter, I was like, I recognize those two. So I know that they are working at a level, but to see the daughter work with them, I'm just like, no, no, you are John Morant right now. Like I know LeBron, I know Jordan, and I'm watching you, John Morant. And no, you haven't won a championship yet. However, I can acknowledge your greatness. And you don't necessarily need, like, you don't need the six rings like Jordan. You don't need the four rings like LeBron for me to be able to say, no, you're great. Like, I don't have to, you don't have to win a, a ring per se. For like, the, am I making sense right now? Is that? <laughs> no, 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 really. I, it's just that appreciation from the audience, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like the performers whether it be LeBron or your teacher in your science class like they yeah. need to hear that yeah. right I get you I get you you're yeah. you're one with the metaphors I like that <laughs> <laughs> thank you sir thank you like I'm appreciating talking to other teachers who just love the craft love the art love the job and who are happy doing it who are not curmudging about it and who can be like Yo, I am Sharp Zion. I appreciate that you see this in me, but I also see that in you because we need that. Like you said, we need that other, other voice because sometimes we get so caught up in gotta get X Y Z done that we don't take a moment to be like, do you recognize that you just finished A through W and you're not acknowledging those other twenty three great things and you just want to focus on this one thing? So, yeah, thank you for that as well. Yeah, really, really wow. Yeah, sir. I like to also ask folks and guests who come through, like, is there anything that you're working on that you'd like to plug and let folks know um, that, that you got going on? Um, of course, the greatest teacher of all time. <laughs> yeah, so that's just a YouTube show I have where I interview different teachers of colors and just hear what they have to say about education, their thoughts about uh, the field and everything and how it goes. So, yeah, I try to do 10 videos in the fall, 10 videos in the spring, and just roll them out on YouTube and TikTok. So yeah, follow at greatest teacher of all time on TikTok or Instagram, um, the greatest teacher of, of all time on YouTube. And um, if you are the greatest teacher of all time, or you know the greatest teacher of all time, email me at greatest teacher of all at gmail.com. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> cool little plug. Go for it. Go for it. And so, folks, if you are listening to this or you are watching this wherever you are being able to take in this content, want to say thank you very much. Also want to say thank you very much to Mr. Dawson for coming through. I am Mr. Pierre. He is Mr. Dawson. And this has been an episode of The Chronicles of Mr. Thank you very much for listening. And we're out. <laughs>